Hello, everybody. Welcome to the MTG Place podcast. I am Corey, your host. I'm joined today by James. Introduce yourself, James. Hi, I'm James. Uh, I've been Magic the Gathering player since 2002, I think. So it was seventh edition was when I started playing. So I've been playing it off and on for quite a while and definitely enjoy it. All right, so today we're going to do a set review of... Innistrad Midnight Hunt. Uh, we're going to just gonna go through the rares and mythics today. Yeah, so let's just jump into it. The first card is the Planeswalker Arlen. It's two and a red-green for a Planeswalker with Daybound, uh, which is if a player casts no spells during their turn, it becomes night the next turn. And so you track when it comes in, if it's not day, it becomes day. And then if someone casts two spells, or if someone doesn't cast two spells, so if they cast no spells, it flips to night. And then if it gets two spells once a night, it comes back to day, and then you just flip the back and forth depending on that. So it's plus one, because with four loyalty, it has plus one. Till your next turn, you may cast creature spells as though they had flash, and each creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. So that's not bad. And then minus three, create two, two, two green wolf creature tokens. And then the night side is four loyalty and has plus two, you add a green or a red mana, and for zero, it turns into a five-five werewolf with trample indestructible haste. Alright. Definitely some lovely creature-based deck synergy going on with this card, which I am personally very much a creature deck kind of player. So uh this is this is pretty good for certain things, especially that zero ability. It kind of reminds me of Gideon from way back when. Yes, Gideon was a sweet planeswalker. Yeah, that's kind of the night side is kind of cool with the zero become a five-five. But I also think the front side's better, just the fact that you're able to create a bunch of wolf tokens, like with doubling season yeah. or something. You're coming in with eight loyalty, and then you can immediately just create four tokens. Like, seems yeah, good. And, and the freaking uh, plus one, plus one counters are also very, very nice. Right. Yeah. And so that's good with doubling season two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Overall, a pretty solid card and only costs four, which is pretty much the magic number in Magic the Gathering. Because as we all remember, Jace the Mind Sculptor was four. <laughs> <laughs> and that card was OP. Uh, yeah. Will it be like, you know a busted card that's going to be played in like you know like modern or something probably not but i could definitely see it in commander for sure oh yeah definitely gonna be in commander with doubling season i think yeah for sure like i could see this being in my red green deck (laughs) so the next card we have is called bloodthirsty adversary it is one and a red it is a two two a vampire creature, which has haste, and when Bloodthirsty Adversary enters the battlefield, you may pay two and a red any number of times. When you pay this cost one or more times, put that many plus one plus one counters on Bloodthirsty Adversary, then exile up to that many target instant and or sorcery cards with mana value three or less from your graveyard and copy them. You may cast any number of the copies without paying their mana costs. Okay, there's a lot going on with this card. (laughs) Yeah, so it works kind of in vampire decks just as like two for a two-two haster, which is cool. But uh, you could also, I also like that you can, you know, like multi-kick it basically when it enters the battlefield. Essentially, Um, yeah. Uh, but it and it lets you copy anything that you basically played in like a Sunforger style deck. You know, stuff that costs three or less. You just can cast yeah. them all for free. This is, this is definitely this definitely has a lot of burst potential to it if it has the right deck built around it. So this could be pretty dangerous, and it is a very low cost, which is pretty great. Yeah, I could see it being okay in like a like a red white 
aggro modern deck or something and you like lightning helix and then you play this and you flash back to lightning helix and to deal yeah. damage and gaining life and then you get to a swing with like a three three that's pretty yeah, good that's definitely that's definitely not bad i mean it's really a pretty low utility card as far as like the mana cost of the cmc and everything so definitely uh some combos could be played with this yeah, it's definitely, there's going to be a standard uh, vampire archetype with this card, probably. Oh, for sure. So. Yeah, this is definitely going to be the driving force of something like that. All right, the next card is Consuming Blob. It is three green-green. Creature Ooze. Consuming Blob's power and toughness is equal to the number of card types among cards in your graveyard, and toughness is equal to that number plus one. So it's a five-mana Tarmogoy, and at the beginning of your end step, you create a green Ooze creature token with this creature's power and toughness is equal to the number of card types among cards in your graveyard and stuff is equal to that number plus one so it's a five mana tarmogoyf that at your end step you get another tarmogoyf yeah that's uh <laughs> pretty nice in any kind of creature deck if you can afford it because five is kind of high but definitely powerful yeah definitely a commander if you if you're playing a deck that runs goyf already this might be all right but like i can't see it being in like any constructed format because like you would just play goyf in like legacy yeah, exactly. Like this is this is obviously a good bomb in like sealed or something like that, but that's yeah. probably about it. Yeah, sealed um, or like a big green deck, maybe. Yeah, may, maybe a big green like standard deck. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's too expensive otherwise. Uh, and for what it does, it's just uh, yeah, it's it's powerful, but not like there's better things you can do for five mana for sure. Right. Um, we'll move on to the next card we have here, uh, which is Enduring Angel. It is two white, 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 so five total. Angel creature, a 3-3. Three, three. It has a lot of text. <laughs> it has flying and double strike, and you, as in the player, have hex proof. Those are always fun. If your life total would be reduced to zero or less, instead transform Enduring Angel and your life total becomes three. Then if Enduring Angel didn't transform this way, you lose the game. Okay, interesting. So then the transform side is a star star creature that's still an angel uh, that has flying and it still says you have hexproof. And then Angelic Enforces Power and Toughness are each equal to your life total. Whenever Angelic Enforcer attacks, double your life total. Very interesting. Yeah, it seems really good in a life gain deck. Uh, if you're playing like Mono White Angels or something. Like Platinum Angel, except for like if you would die, you just transform this and you're at three. Um, right, yeah. And then you can keep gaining your life back when you attack, which is if you have like gain life triggers, you're just going to gain a lot. It kind of sucks it's not legendary, so it can't be a commander. This would be uh, a sick commander. Otherwise. Yeah, but like it's sweet <laughs> just as a as a regular angel in a deck. And it has double strike, so that's good. Uh, yeah, but the backside does not, so the backside is going to be huge already. Yeah, um, you don't, it doesn't need to be. <laughs> and that, that dumb clause that if it didn't transform this way, you lose the game. That's only there in case you like clone it or something. Right, and then exactly. if for some reason you go less than three life, it can't transform because it doesn't have the backside, so you just lose. Right. Because there was some like weird mechanical issue with uh, Garuk and someone cloning it on like Arena that broke the game because it infinitely tried to transform. And so <laughs> now they added the text that like if it can't transform, you just lose. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. That's Wizards covering their asses right there is what that yeah. is. <laughs> Which is good and bad, I guess. Like, you can't go bonkers with it, which is too bad. But uh, still very good in, like, a white weenie or, a, like, a white life gain deck, for sure. 
I could, I could see this being played in standard at least, if not maybe commander, if you have the right kind I de- of white Yeah, deck. I definitely think it would go in like an Aloro deck where you're constantly gaining life anyways. Definitely. Like just in case you're going to lose. And if you don't, it's still like, you know, a 3-3 flying double strike hexproof. Exactly, which is still That's good pretty feature. good. That's a lot of text on a card that, I mean, it costs five, yes, but still pretty solid. So the next one is land, and it's called Hostile Hostile. I like that <laughs> <laughs> spelled both of the ways. Hostile yeah. Hostile. Nice, uh, so, nice plan words. Yeah, so it's a it's a land with tap at a, you know, waste. And then it has pay one, tap, sacrifice a creature, put a soul counter on Hostile Hostile. Then if there are three or more soul counters on it, remove those counters and transform it, then untap it, activate this ability only as a sorcery. And then it transforms into a 3-7 creeping in to artifact creature horror construct. And whenever creeping in attacks, you exile a creature card from your graveyard. If you do, each opponent loses X life and you gain X life, where X is the number of creature cards exiled with creeping in. And then for four, it phases out. That's a 3-7. That phasing is definitely interesting. A little Teferi action there or something like that. Yeah, so so basically it's, it's you're going to, you know, because you, you can only activate it once a turn, right? And you can only do it as a sorcery. So you're going to play this land, sacrifice three creatures, and pay three mana. So it's going to take you three turns to do that. Um, yep. But then you're going to have three cards in your creature cards in your graveyard, presumably. And then you're going to be able to start attacking with this. And exiling a card under this, and every time you exile a card, so the first turn each opponent's gonna lose one life, you're gonna gain one. The next time you attack with it, they're gonna lose two life, you're gonna need two. Next turn they're gonna lose three life, you're gonna need three, because the number of creatures exile is gonna keep growing every time yep, you attack. Exactly. And then if for some reason they try and remove it, you could pay four and you just treat it like it doesn't exist, and then when it comes back, it's still gonna be the creeping in, like the transform yep. side. Yeah, that's that's so pretty itself. powerful. Which it's pretty good, just as a land. Like you can just throw this into any fucking aristocrats commander deck, like why the hell not? It adds one. Yeah, and you can use a sack sack outlet, and like if you happen to flip it, sweet. It sucks you can't do it as an instant, so you can't like block then sack something. Yeah. But like it's still pretty good. Like, yeah. Like if you just have like something you want to die laying around. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that being played in certain situations. It, it it definitely has a lot of potential to it. All right. So next up we have Intrepid Adversary. It is a one white to play it is a human scout creature it is a 3-1 with lifelink and when intrepid adversary enters the battlefield you may pay one white any number of times so it's another multi when you pay this cost one or more times put that many valor counters on intrepid adversary creatures you control get plus one plus one for each valor counter on intrepid adversary oh my god this is so good for like any creature deck ever yeah, basically, like, this is already, like, one of the best cards in White Weenie and Standard. And it's going to be just nuts in, like, a token deck. Like, you could put this you could put this in your wrist deck. And, like, if you could pay that kicker, like, three times, everything getting 3-3 three, three is super good. Which, in wrist, as long as you have, like, Cradle Out, you always can, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, then it's just how many white mana do you have? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah, like this this card just it, it's basically a, a, a crazy mirror entity. It just makes your field gigantic, and you it's a win con pretty much in a card. Right, and like worst case, worst case, you can't even kick it, and it's still two for a three one lifeline. Right, which is still a great utility cost. Yeah, sure. and I mean, you know, most of the time you you're probably not going to play this for a bajillion unless it's a super late game, like and then you win with it. But say you play it in the mid game and you have like four mana, that's still you got a 4/2 life link and all your stuff gets plus one plus one. 
Exactly. Yeah, that's so. that seems very very good. Um, definitely tons of utility and uh, opportunities with this card. All right, so the next card is Jaren, Corrupted Bishop. It's two and a black for a two three legendary creature human cleric. Uh, when Jaren enters the battlefield or another non token human you control dies, you lose one life, and create a 1-1 white human creature token. And then it has, you could pay two, target human you control gains lifelink until end of turn. And then it has the beginning of your end step if you have exactly 13 life. You could pay four black black, so six mana, to transform it. And it transforms into a 6-6 legendary creature demon with flying, trample, lifelink, sacrifice another creature, draw a card. Yeah, interesting flavor text there for sure. <laughs> I like the, the plan 13. Yeah, I mean, I don't see how you're going to flip this, at least in Commander. Maybe in Standard yeah. or something. Standard, as I could see it happening, although still rather uh, difficult to do. Uh, commander, that's never going to happen now. <laughs> yeah, because you have exactly 13 at the end of your turn. I mean, the fact is, I mean, if you were lower than 13, it wouldn't be that hard because you can just give lifelink. But if you're above 13, like, it's going to be better. Like, if you're ahead in the game, it's going to be hard. Um, oh, sure. it, could be, it could be interesting, though, just, just to have him as a commander and just play, like, a human tribal deck because whenever any of them dies, you're going to get another human to replace it. So that's not bad. And then if you somehow happen to flip it, you're going to be able to draw a bajillion cards. Right. Drawing cards is good, for sure. So it, it's okay. I don't think it's great, but it's okay. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of funny, <laughs> more than anything. Yeah, if you Do for it. some reason play a Triskaidekaphobia deck, this will be good in that. Exactly, yeah, which I don't know if many of those exist, but it's a thing. Someone, someone, someone listening, make this card work in Commander where you could always flip it. And let me know how you do it. Yeah, I would love to see that. I feel like that'd be a hard order, though, but it's possible. Next up, we have Lear, Disciple of the Drowned. It is three blue-blue to play. It is a 3-4 legendary creature that is a human wizard. Spells can't be countered. Each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard has flashback. The flashback cost is equal to that that card's mana cost. So just a crazy Snapcaster Mage, basically. Yeah, except for it gives everything always in your graveyard flashback as in play. This is like if you're a commander, this is like just your deck is now a flashback deck. Um yeah. without even needing that commander that get, that does stuff for playing flashback cards. You could exactly. play this in that deck. Um it's also nice to have spells can't be countered. The only issue is if you play it as a commander, mono blue five mana is hard to get to sometimes. Like to it be able to be. to be able to cast this and something else in the same turn. Like you might be tapping out to cast this and then hoping it lives around a time around the table for you to get it. So you oh, gotta hope you have sure. force of will in your hand or something. Well, and, and blue has plenty of ways it can protect itself with, to be fair. And also just the spells can't be countered thing is you know, that kind of protects itself in a way. So anything you cast once in play can't be countered. Yeah. So they can't counter your counters or anything. Or any creatures that you play after or any anything you play after was out. So that's good in general. Like you could, I could see this being thrown into like a multicolor deck too if you just don't want your shit countered. So this is if if you're like me and you're tired of playing against blue decks that has a 15 billion counters. <laughs> yeah, so you can use it multiple ways. You can use it like that or you can use it just to play out of your shit in your graveyard a lot. But, you know, it's been done before. It's just like a better version of some stuff that's already out there. Right, yeah. High, uh, high CMC though, uh, and, and also for the utility you get, but... You know, interesting card for sure. So the next card is Lord of the Forsaken. It's four black black for a 6-6 flying trample. Pay a black, sacrifice another creature. Target player mills three cards. Pay a life, add a 
waste, spend this mana only to cast spells from your graveyard. So six for a six, six, not bad with flying and trample. I feel like those are two kind of unusual keywords for black. I mean, there's demons that have that though. Like it's not that unusual for a demon. Like, I think Lord of the Pit okay. has that. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the sacrifice, it's a sack lit. If you're playing an aristocrat decks already, you get to mill yourself. Yeah. But you're gonna play. So then you're either playing self mill with self mill intentionally, so that you could play shit from your graveyard to be able to use the other effect too. Yep, like, so then you're yep. playing like black, something black, like some color and black to mill your own shit. So like it's probably gonna be green black. And I don't know how much stuff where the waste is gonna matter to get stuff from your graveyard. Uh, unless you're doing like Eldrazi or something, but I don't know. <laughs> well, and most Eldrazi, like the good ones, shuffle into your deck. So, like, right, yeah. So it wouldn't even really work for most of them. I don't think it's that good. I mean, it's it's a big demon, but there's better demons out there. Oh, for sure, especially for six mana. I'm sure oh, someone's right. gonna comment now and be like, "Oh, this is the best demon ever." I'm like, like, all right, tell me why then. Yes. <laughs> Please show your work. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have Moonvale Regent. It is a three and one red uh, to play. It is a dragon creature that is a four four with flying. Whenever you cast a spell, you may discard your hand. If you do, draw a card for each card of that spell's colors. When Moonvale Regent dies, it deals X damage to any target where X is the number of colors among permanents you control. Okay, so. Sunburst action slash LED and a creature. Some interesting things here. So I don't know. I mean, this is good. so. This is good if you have like one card in your hand, right? Because yeah, you you have this out. You cast you know a green dragon's your only card, and then sure, I'll discard my hand to draw one card. Um, otherwise, I guess if you play like if, I guess in like Ur Dragon. You could cast this for three mana, and then you'd have to, and then cast your commander, which costs going to cost you like ten mana or some shit. And then you draw five cards if you discard your hand. So I don't know if that's even worth it. I think yeah, I the better know. the better thing is it's basically a four for a four four flying. That when it dies, you could deal max five damage. Yeah, um, minimum one damage is the majority of the time, but occasionally you might need to get cards in your hand. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think more times than not, that's going to hurt you more than help you as far as uh, milling or well, not uh, discarding yourself. So I wish it was uh, discard I'm, one card instead of discard your hand. It's kind yeah, of annoying. the fact that it's discard your hand is brutal <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some combos, stupid combos out there with it, but they're I mean, always for four, is, for four mana, four four. Like, I'm not going to put it in my dragon deck. Yeah, it is better dragons for sure. All right, next we got Poppet Stitcher. It's two and a blue for a 2-3 human wizard. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token with Decade. So Decade is a new ability that it's a creature token that can't block. When it attacks, you sacrifice at the end of combat. So it's like a one-time attack token. <laughs> at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more creature tokens, so just three or more token creature tokens, you could transform it. And it transforms into Poppet Factory, where all creature tokens you control lose all abilities and have base power and toughness 3-3. Three, three. And at the beginning of your upkeep, you can transform it back if you want. Interesting. Okay. So this can make like a, like a, like say a white weenie 1-1 one, one soldier token deck better. 
Yes, so the backside you can make everything a three three, so it's good with just a shitload of tokens. Like you could literally cast this in like just some sort of blue black or blue white token deck or something, and then have it flip on your next turn, and then all of them are three threes. But I mean, most of the time you're probably going to be like, all right, cast cast this, cast a couple spells, make three zombies, and instead of attacking to have them be sacrificed. I'm just going to go to my next turn, flip this, and now they're three threes that don't have to cave anymore because they lose their ability. Right, yeah, it makes them better. Um, so it's 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 good, but there, I mean, there's better stuff, but it's decent. I think it's, there's a decent uh, use case for it. For sure, yeah. I mean, especially in standard, I could see it being played. It's also nice that it's blue. It's a blue card that creates tokens, so if you want to play yeah. a blue token deck. Like, honestly, this could be okay in my... Taloran deck because I could just play this and the next turn all my flyers are three threes. Right. Except for it doesn't have flying, so then there's three threes without flying. So I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'd better just get flyers at that point. Minimally use for sure. I, I do see. like that you could switch it back though. So if they like kill all your tokens when this is an artifact, you could flip it back and then start making more tokens. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd just be stuck there. So that that's good. All right. Next up, we have Primal Adversary. It is two and a green to play. It is a four three wolf creature with trample. And when Primal Adversary enters the battlefield, you may pay one in green. Any number of times. When you pay this cost one or more times, put that many plus one plus one counters on Primal Adversary. Then put up to that many target lands you control. Then up to that many target lands you control become 3-3 wolf creatures with haste that are still lands. So another freaking good-ass green card. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Basically, you pay three and then you kick it. However many times. Like, this would even be good in your wrist deck. But So you just yeah, take it a shit be. ton, this becomes really big, and then all of your lands can turn into 3-3s. Three yep, yep. That, that's, and they're all wolves, if you for some reason are playing wolf tribal. Yeah, that's just crazy. Because uh, <laughs> that deck has a lot of lands. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and then it I says mean, trample. So, like, even that worst case, yeah. it's 3 for a 4-3 trampler. Right, which is still really good, for right. sure. Definitely uh, lots of lots of potential with this card in many different cases, I feel. Definitely, definitely. Definitely a decent card. Let's see, Sigarda Champion of Light is next. It's one green, white, white for a legendary creature angel. It's a 4-4. So it's the new Sigarda. Uh, so it's yep. a 4-4 flying trample. Uh, humans you control get plus one, plus one. And then Coven, which is whenever Sigarda attacks, if you control three or more creatures with different powers... Look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a human creature card from among them and put it into your hand, but the rest on the bottom in a random order. Okay, that's nice. So this could be interesting as a commander and you play human tribal. Yep, I could see that for sure. And then just whenever you you swing, as long as you have three dudes out. I mean, assuming they're not one ones or something because they have to do a different power. Right. Yeah, which in commander, that's easy to do. (laughs) Right, and then you just swing, flip up cards, hopefully I hit a human. Yep. Which you, if you're a you know human deck, it's pretty likely you will. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cheap too. I guess four. So yeah, that's a good like, cost. Like again, worst again, worst case, it's four for a four four flying trample. Yeah, which <laughs> and is like still, and it pumps any humans you have. Which is still really really good. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I Sigarda always has been a good creature in all the other sets, and this is really no different here. Lots, lots that you can do with it. And I could see this, you know, being played in many things. So 
Very, very good card. Next up, we have Sigardian Savior. Uh, it is three white white for a three three angel creature with flying. And when Sigardian Savior enters the battlefield, if you cast it, return up to two target creature cards with mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So it's kind of like a less good sun sun giant or sun titan. Yeah, kind of. Or it's like a, it's like a better Revlark. Oh yeah, or a better Revlark, right? Yeah, stick in between. Yeah, five for a three-three that brings two things back isn't bad. Oh, it has to be creatures. That kind of sucks. Yeah. Oh yeah, Sun Titans. I wish you. I wish you could bring back like Solring with this. Exactly. That's always good. (laughs) It's not bad though. It's a good. It's a decent angel. I could see it being played. Yeah, this could be definitely played like an angel deck or something like that, or some kind of white. Even like a white weenie deck or something like that, because you have like a lot of low costing stuff that it has like good utility per se. Um, this would be a good way to bring things back after they die. So uh, definitely um, good in certain scenarios for sure. So the next card is Spectral Adversary. It's one in a blue for a two-one creature spirit with flash and flying. When it enters the battlefield, you can make pay one in a blue any number of times. So like multi-kick one of ETBs. Uh, when you pay this cost one or more times, put that many 1-1 counters on it, then up to that many other target artifacts, creatures, and or enchantments phase out. Okay, so another kind of Teferi thing going on here. So that's good for if you're getting targeted a lot. Yeah, it's kind of like an instant speed protect. I, I think the most common use case for this is going to be you pay 4 mana. And you make this four mana three two flyer that you flash in to protect one of your things. Yeah, like if you have like your win con out or something that you don't yeah. want to kill. But I'd still rather just play like Teferi's Protection if I was playing blue white. But if you're playing mono blue, exactly. it's not bad. Yeah, it'd be good for mono blue since you couldn't. Like play that card but I mean, you probably have counter spells that cost three. It's it, there might be a use for it. Very possible. It's playable. Um, Definitely playable. Uh, it's probably going to be uh, definitely a budget-friendly card, I think, to, for protection. Yeah, because there's obviously better protection cards than this, but not bad, though, for sure. Next off, we have Sunstreak Phoenix. It is two red-red for a 4-2 Phoenix creature with flying. If it's neither day or night, it becomes day as Sunstreak Phoenix enters the battlefield. Whenever day becomes night or night becomes day, you may pay one red. If you do, return Sunstreak Phoenix from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Okay, so uh, that's interesting. Yeah, so it's another Phoenix that keeps coming back, like all the Phoenixes. Um, yep. <laughs> it's a four-two flying. It's it's pretty good. I wish it had haste. If it had haste, this would be really good. Yeah, I, I f- it's definitely a cheaper one because I feel like a lot of the phoenixes are more expensive than four uh, CMC. From what I a lot, oh yeah, a lot around. Well, between four and six, I think. Yeah, I thought six. There's was a there's good. a couple that are four recently, but okay, yeah. Interesting with the uh, Innistrad day-night cycle uh, deal they got going on. So very interesting in standard. Outside of standard, though, I don't know how much play this is going to get. Yeah, I mean, if you, I guess if you have a Phoenix deck, like, because I mean, like, if it, if any card references the day day, basically you have to track it for the rest of the game. So this is the right. only card in your deck that has that. You have to keep track of that. Everyone has to keep track of that, which is going to be annoying. And then, yep. but when it does switch, you could, you know, bring it back for two mana, which yeah, is pretty which is nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, two two to bring something back is definitely not bad. Our next card, we got Tainted Adversary. It's one and a black for a two three death touch. When Tainted, it's a zombie. Whenever when Tainted Adversary enters the battlefield, you may pay two and a black any number of times. When you pay this cost one or more times, put that many one one counters on it. Then create twice that many two two black zombie tokens with decayed. Okay, so uh, zombie token deck, anybody? <laughs> yeah, zombie tokens. Uh, this is another great card. Pretty much all of these that have to pay a bunch of costs are good. Yeah, uh, all, because, all the adversaries have been pretty, pretty good. Yeah, like it's like at the floor, it's two for a two three death touch, which is good. Yeah. It's basically a nighthawk without flying. And for five mana, it's two for a four or two for a three four death touch that makes two two twos. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's pretty I good. Think I think just paying it once is good. Yeah, paying it once, I'd say, is pretty optimal. Yeah, very, very good in like a, a black token deck or like a black zombie deck. I could, I could see this played in many things like that for sure. Yeah, and, and those decayed zombies, like it's just more sack outlets to feed to your, you know, Ashnod's altar to get more yeah, mana. Ashnod's exactly. <laughs> yeah, or or if you have Kakusho out, you know, it's, yeah, or or Skull Clamp, just fuck it. or Skull Clamp. Yeah, minus one or minus two. Uh, minus two, I believe, or. Is it minus one? I can't remember. Might be minus, <laughs> it's either minus one. one or minus two. Yeah. Either uh, way, it's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, very it's very good card, lots of potential for sure. Next up we have another planeswalker. We have Teferi who slows the sunset. It is two white blue, obviously legendary planeswalker named Teferi, uh, with four loyalty counters. Uh his plus one ability. Choose up to one target artifact, up to one target creature, and up to one target land. Untap the chosen permanents you control. Tap the chosen permanents you don't control. You gain two life. Minus two, look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. And uh, his ultimate minus seven, you get an emblem with untap all permanents you control during each opponent's untap step. And you draw a card during each opponent's draw step. Wow. There's a lot here. <laughs> yeah. So the ultimate is fucking busted, obviously. That is so uh, like, busted. Especially in like commander something, just being able to untap and draw a card every single turn. Seems good. Seems very Seems good. Seems really good. So you got uh, Seedborn Muse, and you got, like, uh, what, what what's it that lets you draw cards every turn? <laughs> I don't even remember. But, yeah, it, but, but the, the plus one is kind of interesting because it's either untap your thing, untap up to three of your things if you have an artifact creature or in land, or, your, or tap down your opponent's things. It, they, do, they do get to untap, though, so it's just, like, kind of... You can yeah, so tap, them, tap them yeah. down to attack, or you can untap your stuff. I think you're more likely going to use it to untap your stuff. For sure, yeah. And then game life. Uh, and the minus two isn't bad. It's You get to put a card into your hand, so it's like draw a card, basically. But you look at the top three, so it's choose the best of the three. Yeah, so it's like scry three, basically. Yeah, that's not bad. And also, again, it costs the magic four, so mm-hmm. not, not a high cost. And the four loyalty counters, you only need three turns to hit seven. So very doable in most games. Yeah, this is going to be... hit that, you're just set. Yeah, this is going to be one of those cards that, like, when I play against it, I'm going to see the plus one. I'm like, yeah, I don't really care. Yeah, I don't really care. And then when it gets close to the seven, I'm like, shit, I got to attack that. (laughs) That needs to die. For sure. Another good Teferi. And it's all these Planeswalkers have been very, like, well 
costed. Like they're not insanely like high, which is what happens a lot. So yeah, uh, lots of potential here. So the next card is the Meat Hook Massacre. So it's X black black legendary enchantment. When the Meat Hook Massacre enters the battlefield, each creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn. Whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent loses a life. Whenever a creature an opponent control dies, you gain a life. So this card oh is just fucking busted. Okay, this first card of all, is, has black written all. Yeah, over I first of all, sure. I want this in my black deck because this is literally like a better toxic. Day, it's like a toxic deluge, but I also am getting and gaining life forever because the enchantment stays. I always have those constant effects. Yeah, it's oh god, this is busted. Holy crap! This is like <laughs> this card is the second most expensive card in the set, and the next card that we're gonna read is the most expensive card in the set. <laughs> and like now, you, been, you know why this card is just busted in commander and it only costs two and x like yeah that two wait, what, is this, what is that cmc like this is has so much potential like oh i'm gonna make it cost 20 yeah Good i luck. mean i mean i mean <laughs> the worst case you pay you pay like four mana into this and like if someone has a bunch of tokens you're just gonna wipe all their tokens and you're gonna gain a shit ton of life oh yeah like, this, is like, this is like a token killer right here like if anyone yeah. has a token deck you just play this and you win and best, best case, you're going to board wipe the best thing. So you play it for like seven mana and you minus five, minus five, everything, kill everything. And then you're going to, all your opponents are going to lose life for every creature you add and you're going to gain life for everyone they add. Yeah. Super good, especially in a four player game because you're going to gain a shit of life. And then this in Commander is just, oh God. If someone plays this, it's game over pretty much. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. This is by far like one of the best cards we've come across so far. All right. So next up, we have another Planeswalker, Ren and Seven. It is a three green green um, legendary Planeswalker named Ren with five loyalty counters and oh dear god it has four abilities here we go <laughs> so plus that, that's why it's the most expensive card right there plus one reveal the top four cards of your library put all land cards revealed this way into your hand and the rest into your graveyard zero put any number of land cards from your hand onto the battlefield tapped minus three Create a green treefolk creature token with reach, and this creature's power and toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control. And his ultimate minus eight. Return all permanent cards from your graveyard to your hand. You get an emblem with you have no maximum hand size. What is this card? Oh my god. <laughs> it's fucking busted, is what it is. Like <laughs> first of all, the ultimate like that's just absurd. You're probably never even gonna need that. No, like, well, first of all, like <laughs> it's a blue ability, no max hand size. That's not a green ability, which is kind of funny. And well, then you also yeah. turn all permanents from your creation. Well, and so what's even more funny is the last card was the last Ren was Ren and six. Yeah, and now yeah. it's like he evolved. He's Ren and seven. And he's only green. He's, he cares only about lands. And like so, the plus one you get to flip up four cards at the top and put all lands in your hand. That's good. And you're building anything that's not a land. So. Especially in like landfall decks or something, this is nuts. In standard, this is really nuts. Because he's oh, like, yeah. okay, get all these lands into my hand. And then for zero, you mana rush all the lands in your hand out of the battlefield. You could have a yeah. whole fistful of lands. And they're just what like, is- so turn five, you just play all the lands in your hand, get them all out of there. So you plus one, and all those lands are now in play. And then the minus three, the minus three, you make a token with reach that's equal to the number of lands you control. So just that token is going to be huge. 
Like this From, whole card. Like, like just so when you play hard. this, if you minus three whatever, you have a, at least a five five reach off of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Holy hell! What like this card is just this card just drives itself. Like everything is synergizes way too well. Yeah, it itself can win you the game. Like it's yeah, just, just it's value time. city. This card is so good. This is so much. This is more value than Riss. Like not saying something because Riss is a crazy value. <laughs> Holy so god. Good. Yeah, I can see why that's the most expensive card in the set. That's yep. Just it's it's insanity. oh, do you need lands? Sweet, let's play them all. Here's let's all make, of them. Let's make tokens. There, God forbid you have doubling season. You could alt this on turn one. Oh my one. god! <laughs> or or you could make two tokens right away on turn one. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, and wow. it only ca- it's five, which is a little above the what you want. I, but like this is, I honestly think this is better than. Remember the remember the green Nisa that was really busted in standard. Yeah, I do. Remember I think that, this yeah. is better than that. Oh, definitely. Like that, I mean, <laughs> that was a good card, but this is just like beyond. This is just insanity. Like, oh my god. Yep, uh, we're definitely going to see this one played and probably beyond standard. <laughs> just yep. saying. All right, now we're moving on to the end of the mythics. Now we're into rares. This is next one is Adeline 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 Resplendent Cathar. It's one white white for a star four legendary human knight with vigilance. Its power and toughness are equal to the number of creatures you control. And whenever you attack, for each opponent, create a one one white human creature token that's tapped and attacking that player or a planeswalker they control. Oh my! Okay, so this is like a better version of uh, a hero, basically. Or myriad, it's like similar, or, like a shittier version yeah. of myriad. Yeah. But so, uh, it, I think this is sweet in commander because you can just play. Okay, I play this, I attack, and now I have three tokens. Yep. That seems good. Definitely good in any like white token deck. It's definitely good in your wrist deck. Oh, it's so good! Like, I, like have, I have hero in my wrist deck, and hero is busted in that deck, and this is even better. Yeah, and this is like this is like, <laughs> so you play for three, and you're like, okay, I have you know two tokens out, whatever. This is a you know a three four or a four, or four four, and then you right. attack and you get three more, and now it's a seven four. Yeah, it's just it just gets <laughs> so big, and and the thing is, hero of Blade Hole costs four too, so this costs less. Yeah, it's good. It's all <laughs> it's good. very. Good. This is a good card for sure. Lots of value here. Sport time, we got some better good cards again for sure. Uh, next up, we have Angel Fire Ignition. It is a one red white sorcery. Put two plus one plus one counters on target creature. It gains vigilance, trample, lifelink, indestructible, and haste until end of turn. Flashback to red white. Wow, that's a lot of. Uh, keywords right there <laughs> yeah i don't see i wish this was an instant yeah that's the only thing um it is good otherwise though it's still good like it's three for plus basically plus two plus two vigilance trample lifelink indestructible haste so it's good it's a good pump spell i don't know if it's gonna see a lot of play it could if you if you're doing one one counters it could matter because like after for the sure. one turn if it's not like a game winning turn i guess you could do it two turns because you can flash back. Yeah, the flashback's nice. It is a little expensive for what it is, and the fact that it's only a sorcery kind of sucks. But it, it's it's decent. I can, you know, this could maybe be a commander card, maybe maybe like, maybe like a budget card per se. But yeah, I don't know how much we're gonna see it though. Yeah, because unless you're hitting something really big with this, I don't think it's gonna be. I mean, I, I you know, you have to have because you have to have something else out just to make this worth it. So whatever you right. play. That you're putting the one one counters on. You'd have to have played before this, or at the same time as 
Yeah, you yeah. either have to have a lot of mana or you have to set up and hope that whatever you have doesn't die. Right. So. so it's just kind of slow. Yeah, slow card, but decent. Lots of keywords. Next card is Augur of Autumn. It is one green green for a 2-3 human druid. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may play land cards from the top of your library. That's sweet. And then as long as you have Coven, which is three or more creatures with different powers, you can cast creatures off the top. That's a lot of... Uh doing things off the top of your library. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of cards like this already. I think this is cheaper than most of them because it only costs three. Yeah, three's pretty need, cheap. You do need the... Oh, I guess it's, So the first part is basically like Courser is better. Yeah. Um, but if you get the Coven, then this becomes better than Courser. So. For sure. If you have the right scenario, a pretty good card for sure. But there are other cards that do similar things to this that may be better because they're not as situational basically. Especially in standard, could definitely see play. And maybe some play outside of it if it's, you know, if you have the right kind of deck for it. Next up, we have Bloodline Culling. It is one black black for an instant. And you choose one. Either target creature gets minus five, minus five until end of turn, or creature tokens get minus two, minus two until end of turn. Wow, hate card. Yeah, so this is this is interesting because like it's like basically the front so the, the target creature minus one minus five it's like dismember right yeah. and then the the tokens get minus two minus two is like massacre yeah so it's like do you want to dismember or massacre it's nice that it's flexible I don't know if my like if for commander I was debating about but I don't know if minus five minus five is enough it's good yeah. it's good anti token it's very good anti token it is very good for token decks and it's which... good in standard for sure I just I don't know. Yeah. If any format, I mean, maybe modern. I mean, guess Tron. It's not going to help. No, it definitely uh, could be Goyf, though. Certain decks, it would be very good against for sure. Dismember would still be better in that scenario because you could pay life instead of exactly black black. Paying paying the life is that's what modern is all about. Is paying life, right? Yeah, (laughs) it's good. It's flexible, but I think it's it needs to be a little bit better to be playable. Like I think if it was minus seven, minus seven for the first part. That hits more things. It would sure. be very good. Uh, definitely good for standard, though, and maybe certain situations in Commander. But Yeah, if was, your buddy's got a token deck that keeps beating you, it's going to be very good against that. Yeah, exactly. That's probably about it, as far as this card's concerned. All right, next we got Briar Bridge Tracker, which is two and a green for a 2-3 human scout with vigilance. When it enters the battlefield, you investigate. So that's when you make a clue token that you can sacrifice to draw a card. And as long as you have a token in play, it gets plus two plus zero. So if you have any token in play at all, it doesn't even have to be the clue token. It's a four, three for three in Vigilance. Not bad. I think it's an all-around solid card, especially in a token deck if you need something to draw. If you have a way to populate... I think it's pretty good in a populate deck because you could pop... Well, or some way that you can copy tokens to copy your clue tokens. I don't know if you could populate clues. But if you have a way to copy uh, clue tokens, this would be really good. Because you can yeah. draw cards. There are ways to do that for sure. I just I can't think of them right now. It's definitely decent though in a token because like if you need a filler spot, because three for a four three vigilance at worst. Like because yeah. you could just have a one one out. Yep. Like and it's just three for four three. Not bad for sure. Definitely good in standard, definitely good in token decks for sure. And yeah. Like, getting clues is never a bad thing because drawing cards is always good. I mean, that's just kind of the thing in Magic. <laughs> I could definitely see it being played, a little bit at least. Next up, we have Brutal Cathar. It is two white for a 2-2 human soldier werewolf creature. 
When this creature enters the battlefield or transforms into Brutal Cathar, exile target creature and opponent controls until this creature leaves the battlefield. That's his daybound side. Nightbound side, he becomes a red 3-3 werewolf creature with first strike and ward pay three life. So this is interesting. So I believe how this works is when you play it, you exile something under this. And then when it flips, that card's going to come back because that's leaving play or not? I don't think the card technically leaves play. Because... Because then you get it again when it transforms. It says whenever this creature enters the battlefield, it transforms into it. So enters or transforms, you exile target creature. But when you transform it, it doesn't leave the battlefield, I'm pretty sure. That's only if it's either exiled or destroyed. I don't think when it's transformed, it leaves. It just changes what it is, technically. Yeah, I think I, I'm pretty sure that it's just you, you have to kill it or or exile it. I think. But then in that case, though, then you would want to just keep changing it from day to night and you can exile exactly. the whole board. Exactly, yeah. So a lot going on here. Definitely good for removal, especially if you're flipping day and night a lot because I'm pretty sure from what I can see is you exile something every single time it flips or it enters. Definitely good for removal. Lots lots of removal can happen yeah, here. It's O-ring on a stick and switches into a 3-3 first striker. Yeah, very interesting. Definitely seeing it played in at least standard, if not beyond. So. Yeah, it's decent guard. Yeah. Let's see. Burn down the house is next. Three red red sorcery. Choose one. Burn down the house deals five damage to each creature in each planeswalker. Or the other option is create three one one red devil creature tokens with when this creature dies, it deals one damage to any target. They gain haste until another turn. I, uh, I don't know if the value is here. Five uh, for five it, damage to everything is not the greatest. It's really not. Because like, you could just play a different board wipe and the th- choose make three tokens with when it dies, deal one damage. Like there's other ways to make tokens. And there's that one commander yeah. that just makes those devils like all the time. Right. I don't know. I, I don't see this being played that much. It's very I mean the main thing you'd be doing with this would be the damage, and there's better things that deal damage than the Yeah, things. I mean you could take out a lot of planeswalkers maybe if you want to hate planeswalkers. Yeah, if you're going at Super Friends, maybe, um, I guess. <laughs> or I guess if you have a lot of indestructible shit, you could one-sided board wipe. Or if you've enraged stuff, but it's very situational. You, it's a lot of work to make this even decent, I think. Yeah. I think I, it's just don't play it. <laughs> I don't see this being played. I, I honestly am kind of surprised it's a rare. It's some, this seems like more like an uncommon tier card, in my opinion. Next up, we have Can't Stay Away. It is white-black sorcery. Return target creature card with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains, if this creature would die, exile it instead. And then flashback, three white black. That's good. Definitely. It's a, it's a cheaper on burial rights, except for you can only do stuff three or less versus any card. But the fact that you can right. flash it back is good, because, yeah, two mana get something back is good, and then... Late game leader in the game, you could pay five to get it back again if you have nothing else you do. Sucks that your creature exiles afterwards, but it's still good. Yeah, so that's kind of like uh, what was that? Was that uh, Gorios Vengeance that made it? Yeah, uh, exile or if you had to sack. Well, that made it exile end of turn. This just exiles if it would die. So like you still oh, get it okay. until it's yeah, killed. Yeah, right. You just can't bring it back again with the flashback. Basically, yeah, you're just yeah. gonna get the creature back, and then you get another creature back later. But it has to be three or less. So I like the first cast of it. I don't know. The flashback is just like whatever if you need it. It's a pretty high cost flashback. Yeah. 
decent uh, first play for sure. It could be interesting if you're building, you know, a a three CMC or less matters, a black-white deck. This could be pretty good. All right, the next card is Champion of the Perished. So it's one black for a 1-1 zombie. With Whenever another zombie enters the battlefield under your control, put a 1-1 counter on Champion of the Perished. Okay, so just your basic zombie token deck card right here. Yeah, so just, you know, it's like the other champion for white humans, except for this is for zombies. So this is just a really good zombie. Like if you have a zombie tribal deck, this is going in it. Because one mana, why wouldn't it go in there? One mana, one one with the potential to be a lot bigger if they don't deal with it. Makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's one for a one one. You can't get you can't go wrong with that. And then it's just it's just gonna get bigger. Definitely it's a target that your opponent is eventually gonna have to deal with. So uh definitely, you know, nice zombie based card. Next up we have Croaking Counterpart. It is one green blue for a sorcery. Create a token that's a copy of target non-frog creature, except it's a one-one green frog. And then flashback three green blue. So this is. So it's it's like a clone, but. But it's a one-one. But it's a one-one, yeah, and it's a frog. So it's just like <laughs> it's just like what would you want a clone as a one-one? Yeah, so definitely good for something that has like say uh, like a good ability. Like, this is play. good in, uh, like, an ETB effect. Like, in five color, this might be all right, because you could clone, like, your dragon. Like, in my dragon deck, right? I could clone the dragon that one of our dragon comes into play deals damage. So I could clone that. That would be or pretty can, good as a 1-1. Yeah. You'd have to have a really good effect. Or you could clone, like, a, a Grave Titan or a Sun yep. Titan. Yeah. be pretty good. Any, that or, like, uh, uh, like Tristani or something like that. Or but outside of that, I don't, you know, I don't think it's seeing <laughs> much play. If it's going to see play, I think it's more in Commander than anything else. Yeah, it's just another another way to clone something. That's pretty much all it is. Probably not going to see it much in standard because I don't know how much targets that we have that are good for that. So, all right. So the next card is Curse of Leeches, two and a black for a enchantment or a curse. So curses are back. Chant a player. Yep. As this permanent tran- as this permanent transforms into Curse of Leeches, attach it to a player. Okay, well it is when we play it. The beginning of Enchanted Player's Upkeep, they lose a life and you gain a life, and it has Daybound. Okay, so if it switches to Night, it'll transform. And it, if it switches to Night, it transforms into a 4-4 Lifelinker. So that's interesting. interesting. So, okay, at so, nighttime, so at nighttime, you have a 4-4 <laughs> Lifelinker, and then daytime, they're, you're draining the opponent for a life and you gain a life. Right. It's not bad. So it's a baby leech, and then it becomes a big boy. Yeah, that becomes <laughs> a big leech. Pretty much. <laughs> Definitely, you know, a typical black card from what I can see here. It's fine. It's cheap. It's fine. I think I think it's definitely playable if you have a curse deck. If you're the guy that yeah, would definitely, make a deck of curses, it's pretty good. Otherwise, I don't know how playable it is in just as like a random black card. Like one life, who gives a shit? But yeah. like the 4-4 life linker is decent. 4-4 life, life linker for three. It's definitely nice. So yeah, in a curse deck, I could see it. Uh, outside of that, eh, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not as much. Next up, we have... Yeah, so we're, we've, we've reached the curse part of, of, the, uh, <laughs> of the set. We have Curse of Shaken Faith. It's one red for an aura curse enchantment. It's enchant player, and whenever enchanted player casts a spell, other than the first spell they cast each turn or copies a spell, Curse of Shaken Faith deals two damage to them. So this seems very good to me against Storm, 
Yep. Uh, I have uh, Mitch comes to mind right away. <laughs> yeah, the Calamax deck. This is that beats goddamn that deck. copy deck. Oh my yep. god. That lightning butt Calamax deck. This just beats it. Um, yep. Outside of against those two scenarios, I don't see it being super great. No. Uh, it's, again, it's, it's okay in a curse. It's okay in a curse deck again. Um, yeah. But it's definitely sideboardable for you know storm yeah. and copy. It's decks. good for it's good for storm pretty much. That's about it. It's a cyborg card if anything. Uh, next we got Curse of the Silence. One white for enchant player. It's Curse of the Silence enters the battlefield. Choose a card. Spells with the chosen name. Enchanted player cast costs two more to cast. And whenever enchanted player casts a spell with the chosen name, I may sacrifice. You may sacrifice Curse of Silence to draw a card. So okay, hate card. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I'm thinking if this is good enough to play in like death and taxes. Yeah, there's. I mean, because Revoker is just better, right? Like, yeah. I mean, the fact that it costs one is nice, but I mean, I guess in Commander it's decent too. You could pay one to tax someone's Commander two more, like add a Commander tax, and then if they play it, right. you have to draw a card. Exactly. I don't know. It's just okay. It's white draw <laughs> it's... though. So if you're playing mono white, it might be useful just to draw the one card. Right. I don't, I, I don't think it would be good enough for like DNT, but I, I don't know it, if it's, it's good. good. It's good. I'd rather I'd rather it say usually just can't play that card. Exactly. That's that's <laughs> that's the thing. Because this is only like a one time thing, basically. Yeah. So it's just like it's basically gonna be one for they have to pay two more mana to play something and then you get to draw a card yeah. and the scouts. Yeah, away. so it's yeah, I'd much rather just play like Pythonian Lola Revoker or something like that, just to make them not be able to play it at all. That's just better. Uh so next up we have Curse of Surveillance, which is four and one blue for an curse aura that's an enchantment. It's enchant player. At the beginning of enchanted player's upkeep, any number of target players other than that player each draw cards equal to the number of curses attached to that player. Okay, then. <laughs> so I think this is good in a curse deck, obviously, because you obviously. just choose only yourself and you draw F ton of cards. You draw all the cards. <laughs> um, so it's like the blue shrine of curses. Um, it also could be decent in like a group hug deck because you enchant somebody and then everybody but that one guy you can make draw. Exactly. It so could also be okay if you had like a... I mean, like Nekusar is probably too expensive because like you're making everyone just draw one for five mana every turn. Yeah, it's not... But like if you had some other nice curse way. that's worth putting in the deck you get to make it be two or three, it might be worth it. Because realistically, yeah. you what you want to get like two, three cards around for this to be worth it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a very high CMC, so making that worth it is gonna be a challenge. I think. I mean, two and a giant, it's decent, I guess, because if you get two cards, you and your partner get a card. Exactly. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. outside of the specific curse deck, I don't see it being played much. Yeah, me neither. All right, next card is Denic Pious Apprentice, which is a blue and a white. For a 2-3 lifelink, cards in graveyards can't be the targets of spells or abilities. And then it has Disturbed, which means if it dies, you can cast it from your graveyard for 2 white blue, and it comes back as the Transform side. The Transform side is a 3-2 legendary creature spirit soldier with flying that whenever one or more creature cards are put into your graveyard from anywhere, or put into graveyards, so any graveyard, from anywhere, investigate. This ability triggers once each turn, so you get a clue token. And then if this would die, you exile it. Okay. 
Very cheap cost for what it does. I think it's pretty good for a two two for a two three life linker that just shuts off being able to bring back creatures is pretty good. Right. So it's, it's, a, it's like a it's like a, um, a, a rest in peace basically in a way. Well, without uh, it being exiled. It's, it's, yeah, it's kind of like a graft digger's cage. I guess. Or yeah, uh, cage. Yeah, that's that's better. Uh, but and then when it dies, it comes back as a three two that gets you clue tokens with flying. Yeah, and hey. As I said, drawing cards is always good. And you can play um, this as a commander. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is legendary. Sure. Uh, so this... that, would be, that would be pretty interesting as a commander, actually. Because you could play two You could play two for a 2-3 lifelinker, right? And then it goes to the graveyard. You pay four mana, and you have a 3-2 flyer. Well, and, that's and, then, the other and then you get clues. And then when it dies, it gets exiled. But then you can choose to put it back in the command zone and then play yeah. it for four as the two, three side. Yeah, so it's it's like it's like a Derevi or whatever it is where you, you, you always just pay it for four. Well, no, because you can <laughs> play it in the graveyard for that. Oh, it's only the graveyard. So the first time it's going to be two. Okay. Then the next time you just serve for four. And then it's from the graveyard. And then it's going to die. Go to the, I get exiled. Go to the command zone. Cost four for a two, three. And then it's going to die. And then cost four again. And then it's going to die. And then it'll cost six to so every other time it'll cost yeah. more. Which is still not bad. Uh definitely in I don't I, know I, if it's worth that though. Like I don't know either. Life, or two three lifelink and a three two flyer. Like, it'd be interesting to kind of it'd be interesting to kind of mess around with it, but I don't know if it would be like good <laughs> per se. Uh interesting card though. I I, I kind of like like what it does and everything. Yeah, it's definitely graveyard hate if you need that in a blue-white deck. Which, I mean, white is already a color that can deal with the graveyard usually. Right. Um, If you're playing a a human or spirit deck, this could be all right, too. Just because, like, it does flip into a spirit. So if you have any of the buffs. Yeah, which that, that would be nice, too. Outside of, like, maybe a specific deck type like that or a specific, you know, commander with those kind of cards around it. I don't know if you're going to play it much, but I do think this a... would be, you know, interesting as a commander. It wouldn't be super powerful. I don't think but it'd be interesting. So like, if you have someone that's like, they're always really good, super hot, builds everything to the highest power level. I challenge you to build this card to the highest power level possible. And it's probably still not going to be above like a seven or eight in power level. It's not going to be like CEH level. <laughs> no, it's, it, no. You're, you're not going to have a crazy, you know, like, top tier commander deck with this but eh, it could be fun i don't know interesting card i think uh so next up we have a dual land uh it is called deserted beach it is blue white and deserted beach enters the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more other lands and you tap it for either a white or blue mana so this is just the opposite of those ones that come in tapped if you have less two if you have less than two yeah, it's the opposite of the aggro lands from yeah, what so was that? Yeah, so now it's, you wanted Bearden. to draw this to be your third land. So I think yeah. these are better than those, in my opinion, because most of the time you're going to play this as your third land. Yeah, these are these are way more likely to not be tapped. Um, so I, I, I like them. It's a good dual land because it doesn't have to be tapped. I always thought um, those aggro lands were kind of dumb because they were my, my guess so many these, times of the year. Yeah, my they, guess they is these will stick around the 3 to $5 range like all the other duels like this. Yeah, definitely, you know, another way to play white, blue, and, like, commander or something. So, yeah, I'll definitely probably see it around. It doesn't hurt you. It, you know, has a pretty easy untap ability. So, yeah, I think we'll probably see this. All right, next card is Dire Strain Rampage. One red, green. 
destroy target artifact, enchantment, or land. If a land was destroyed this way, its controller may search the library for up to two basic land cards, put them on the battlefield, tap, then shuffle. Otherwise, its controller may search the library for one basic land card, put on the battlefield, then shuffle, and then it has flashbacks. So the destroying an artifact or enchantment, I would rather just pay, play something like three kill an artifact, three kill an enchantment, because two or three is about the cost of that. But the destroying a land, this could be, because it has flashback, this could be, like, yes, you give them two basics, but this could be good to get rid of, you know, a pesky van, like a Cabal Coffers, a guy's cradle, and yep. you're getting rid of something that's giving them the boatloads of mana for just two basics. Definitely, uh, definitely a good specific land removal card. Yeah, and the fact so that it has if you're flashback. playing, if you're playing, like, I think it's only playable in like green red decks. Obviously, you know, because if you have more than that, you probably have other cheaper ways if you have more colors. And if you have, if you have just green, you have other ways to do it too. Yeah, for sure. And this is I do probably... like you could flash it back too, though. I mean, you could also do it to yourself though, too, just to rain. That's it. what I was thinking. I was thinking like you could like destroy if you're like say you're missing a color or something like that. You could. Like a billion force that you have. Like, yeah. Okay, get one of and then get. I mean, also you also could do it to trigger landfall twice because you get two lands out of it. Yeah, this would, this definitely could be good in landfalls as well, which is very much a deck. <laughs> so there's definitely uses for it, but it's it's not the greatest. It's very situational, like how a lot of these cards are. Could see it played in certain situations. Next up, we have the Falcon Ra- Falcon Wrath Pit Fighter. Which is just one red for a 2-1 for a vampire warrior creature that you pay one and a one red to discard a card, sacrifice a vampire, draw two cards, activate only if an opponent lost life this turn. This uh, is very good in the vampire deck, I'd say. Yeah, I think it's very good in the vampire deck because one, especially like uh, Edgar, because one, you get a 1-1 one, one, and then if any time, and then you just have to swing at him. Or you get a 2-1 and a 1-1 from the Edgar. And then you pay yeah. 2 and discard a card and sacrifice your token you created to draw 2 cards after you attack him. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, not bad. And, and the fact that it's a 2-1 for 1 is pretty good. It doesn't have haste or something like that, but still, it's that's a good, you know... But good. you are you are giving up a card and a creature for 2 cards. So, like... yeah. You're still like netting about equal in cards, but it's still one for a two one. So like, yeah. other than the Edgar deck, I don't know if you'll see a ton of play. But I mean, in aggro decks, it's still just one for a two one. It's a good aggro card. Yep, that's just. And if you like land flooded, you can pitch a land. Yep, like so. I can see it played in certain situations. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Did you know we have a Patreon? You can support us by going to patreon.com slash mtgplace. Check out all the different tier levels. We have some amazing perks. And we're back. The next card is Fateful Absence. One in a white. Destroy target creature or planeswalker as controller investigates. That's an instant. Um, Yeah, that's uh, super good. That's good. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, Not as good as, you know, Swords to Plowshares or... Path, but it's good because it it kills planeswalkers. Kill a creature or planeswalker for just two mana. Against the speed, yep. white has another good creature removal spell. And planeswalker yep. removal now, because they were a little bit hurting on planeswalker removal. Yeah, which, I mean, th- th- it's been the case for a while, so they're definitely filling that void in. It's kind of funny, because it, it looks like Soren getting into the coffin. <laughs> and it's, oh, it's your faithful absence. Get in the coffin. <laughs> yeah, very, very solid white removal. Not the 
the most bonkers, like the ones that are out there, but still very good. I mean, we'll see this in standard for sure. And, you know, oh, yeah, it's an, and it's another filler in like commander or something like that. So definitely we'll see play for sure. Next up we have Florian Voldaren Scion, which is one black red for a three, three legendary creature. That's a vampire noble with first strike. At the beginning of your post-combat main phase, look at the top X cards of your library, where X is the total amount of life your opponents lost this turn. Exile one of those cards and put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. You may play Exile the Exile card this turn. Not bad, for sure. Yeah, so this is like a Vampire Bloodthirst deck, which is kind of what all the Vampires in the set have, is that like if you dealt damage, then you can do an effect. I do like that it could be your commander and you could build your deck around, you know, vampires and dealing damage, like super aggro exactly. if you wanted. Um, I also think it's okay in a dedicated vampire deck just to be able to get another card if you're low on cards. And it's three for three, three first strike. So it's it's a decent card. It's not great, but it's not bad. It's probably like a, a B plus it's, card. It's B a card. good mid-level card for sure. Yeah. Um, Nice, nice ability if you have other vampires or whatever, or if, or if it's just like an aggro deck in general. Yeah, I, I could definitely see this being played in certain decks like that. All right, so next is Galvanic Iteration, a blue and a red for an instant. When you cast your next instant sorcery spell this turn, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy, and it has flashback for one blue red. So another copy right. spell um, that has flashback. Yeah, Honestly, I think, it's, I think it's just a worse... Um, uh, increasing he, vengeance or burning, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, increasing vengeance is... So, yeah, Was but if you're playing two? blue red copy, yeah, that's two and then flashback for four, but you get two copies. Right. So okay. This you get one copy and then you can flash it back for another copy. Yeah. Definitely good in like a blue copy deck or something like that. Yeah. Um it's just another way to do it. Like in Commander, we could probably see this maybe being played. I, I um, do think there is a way to make this go infinite if you have another fork though. Very possible. So like if you have some weird combo where you need to cast a bunch of spells, I think you can cast this to copy the fork, which copies the the fork, and then and then flashes back to copy it again. I think there's a way you can make it go crazy nuts, but you need a lot of mana uh, for that. Yeah, if you if you have like an infinite man, mana combo, sure, you know that that. But that's that the would, same with any you know fork deck, so it's just yeah, another anything like that, card. and you can do it. Crazy shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh definitely has potential. It's not too expensive, so could definitely see it. Uh next up we have Geist Flame Reservoir. It is two and a red for an artifact. Uh that says whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, put a charge counter on Geist Flame Reservoir. Uh, so then our two abilities are one red and tap it, remove any number of charge counters from Geist Flame Reservoir. It deals that much damage to any target. And then the other one is one one red and tap it. Exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. It's okay. Like in a spell stack, it's alright. Yeah, I hate that it costs. It's a lot of mana. It's kind of clunky. It's clunky, and the fact that you can only use it once per turn, basically. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's your typical like put a butt ton of counters on it and then use it like you know at some point. But uh, yeah, it's 
kind of underwhelming. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to play uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think I'm I don't think it's going to be played that much. Budget maybe maybe like a budget like spells deck maybe it would be played, but that'd be about it. All right, so next is Ghoul Colors Harvest. That's a black and a green for create X 2-2 two, two black zombie creature tokens with Decayed, where X is half the number of creature cards in your graveyard rounded up. And it has flashback for three black green. So uh, uh, the flashback's kind of expensive, but the initial cost isn't bad. Yeah, I don't know. Having played this card in like a couple times in like a limited scenario, it's not great. Yeah. Um, in, the fact that they have decay is kind of eh. Yeah, in Commander, if you're playing a dedicated self-mill deck or like a dredge deck, you could maybe say it's worth it to get a, a bunch of zombie tokens, but like then you could still only attack once with them and they can't block, so I don't know. There's probably better stuff out there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, even in, probably in Standard, there's probably plenty of better things that you can do with your mana. Um you know, the, the, the CMC isn't bad, but it just, I don't know. Like, you have to have a lot of creatures in your graveyard for it to be good. So. Right, and at that point, I'd rather just play something that brings back a whole creature. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't have decay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next up, we have Giza, Glorious Resurrector. Uh, it is two black black for a 4-4 legendary human wizard. Uh, if a creature an opponent controls would die, exile it instead. At the beginning of your upkeep, put all creature cards exiled with Giza Glorious Resurrector onto the battlefield under your control. They gain decayed. Well, it was good until I read the last part. <laughs> so I actually I like, think this, this is pretty good if you could protect it. Um, yeah. Especially in black, because like you play 4-4-4, four, 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 right? And then at the end of the, the last opponent's turn, just go off and cast a bunch of kill spells. And then on your upkeep, you're going to get them all into play, decayed. So then you have one round before you can attack with them, which kind of sucks. I mean, if they have ETBs or something, because you're going to get their best creatures. For like, yeah, exactly. So hopefully they have an ETB or attack trigger. So it can be good. It's not the greatest. But it can be good. It's also if you just want to shut off a graveyard deck, like just having, yeah. like, and you could play this as your commander and just like, all right, you're not going to play anything ever in the graveyard. Like, all your creatures are going to be exiled. Yeah, it's it's not bad, but it's not great. So, <laughs> yeah, it is. It was a bomb and limited, but other than that, yeah, I don't know. If yeah, you're play I, that's that's about the only place. It could be fun to build it. it. I'm sure there's a way. Like some people like to steal people's creatures. You could because you could do that with it. So. Oh yeah, stealing stealing your opponent's creatures is always great. So, but there's better cards that do that. So I don't know. <clears throat> Probably won't see it that much. So the next card is Grafted Identity. It's two blue blue. Is additional cast cost to sacrifice this spell, sacrifice a creature, and enchant a creature. You control enchanted creature. Enchant creature also gets plus one plus one. So the image here, the artwork here going on here looks like Face Off. Yeah. <laughs> The movie, which it is does. hilarious, like Nick Cage and Tolta <laughs> mixed together. Um, I don't know if I like the fact that it's a sack of creature because you could just play. Isn't there already for four? You just gain control of the enchanted creature. Yeah, there, there's there's cards that do this that are cheaper and don't make you sacrifice a creature to do it. 
<laughs> or at least the same mana cost. Yeah, or at least the same mana cost. Because like the sacking a creature just to get a plus one plus one is not. No, that's like, not worth it at all. I mean, if you have a token deck, sure. But if you have a token deck, why why you're playing this? Right. <laughs> it's just it doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, I feel this card is eh, it's eh, at best. I I'm probably not playing it in anything. So, uh, whoops. Oh, what? the heck happened hold on a second i'm back um next up we have graveyard trespasser uh it is two and a black for a three three creature human or human werewolf creature uh that has uh ward discard a card whenever graveyard trespasser enters the battlefield or attacks exile up to one target card from a graveyard if a creature card was exiled this way, each opponent loses a life and you gain one life. That's the daybound side of it. Then on the nightbound side, it's a 4-4 werewolf creature with ward discarded card still. Uh, and whenever graveyard... Or, or sorry, it's called graveyard glutton. Whenever graveyard glutton enters the battlefield or attacks, exile up to two target cards from graveyards. Uh, for each creature card exiled this way, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. So I honestly think this is a pretty good card. Three for a three-three or four-four to exile yeah, a boatload of cards from their graveyard, and you can, you know, drain them at the same time. Yep. It's yep, not a great card, but it's not a bad card. And the fact that it has ward discard a card is they have to discard a card to remove it. Yeah, that's yeah. So basically, they have to have a hand as well. So uh, definitely decent. I could see this being played in certain things. Any black deck, or any like you know, kind of hippie, you know, hypnotic scepter deck. Yeah, love definitely, this. definitely, just like a black deck that wants to hate on graveyards is not bad. Yeah, and, and also hand size too. I think like if 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 you make them not have a hand, they they literally can't target this. So right. that's pretty nice. All right, the next card is Hollowed Res- Respite. It's a white and a blue for exile target non legendary creature. Then return to the battlefield under its owner's control. If it un- entered under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on it. Otherwise, tap it, and it has flashback for one white blue. And that's a sorcery. Uh, yeah, it kind of sucks that it's a sorcery. Yeah, that's if um, that was an it's instant, fine, that'd be it's really fine. Fun. It's fine in a blink deck. Like if you're just playing, like like your blink deck, this is okay because you, you yeah. get the blink things twice. Um, it's kind of shitty if you use it on an opponent's creature just to tap it. But, <laughs> yeah, it's just like two to tap. It's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. So you, like, you would rather you would rather blink your own thing, but it yeah. sucks that you can't target a legendary. So it has to be a legendary that has a good, a non-legendary that has a good blink ability. Right. Which, I mean, it's still good because like you can in, hit, you know Sun Titan and all that jazz. And like in Brago, there's plenty of non-legendary creatures that are good too. Yeah, but, but it's like, do you need another blink effect when you already have all the one-cost white ones that do that? Yeah, like there's like cloud shift and stuff that's way better than this. Like, and that are instants too. So the upside though is you can cast it twice. Yeah, casting it twice is nice, especially in Commander. Uh but. Eh, I don't know. It it seems budget maybe, but outside of that, eh, you know, I there's, there's better cards for sure. Uh, next up, we have uh, another dual land. It's called Haunted Ridge. It's red black, and it's uh, just like the other one. Enters the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more other lands, and you tap it to add a black or red. So again, you know, good dual good, lands. these are these are good dual lands. 
Uh, the next card is Jadar, Ghoulkeeper of Nefalia. One in a black for a 1-1, legendary creature, human wizard. At the beginning of your end step, if you control no creatures with Decay, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token with Decay. So this card I can see being good if you have a sacrifice outlet, because every single turn you'll be able to sacrifice a creature. Yeah, that's definitely nice. Black loves hacking creatures, so... <laughs> Definitely, Other than uh, that case, it's bad. But if you have yeah. a sacrifice deck, it's pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, only only in a deck like that. But most black decks like that, so it could definitely see some play. Oh my gosh, Chrome, or okay. Next up, we have uh, Catilda Donhart Prime. It is green white for a one one human warlock legendary creature uh, that has protection from werewolves and then also human creatures you control have tap add one mana of add one mana of any of this creature's colors so green or white and then uh, another creature the human is yeah so like if you for some reason had a red human you could tap it for red oh oh, it's that creature's color oh okay Okay, and then uh, four green white, so six total, and tap it. Put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. So it's okay, but like we literally have those like little like what were those creatures called that literally had the same ability? Put a plus one plus one counter and, and everything that didn't cost six. <laughs> I don't remember, but I think it's decent. I mean, the fact that you can play human tribal and have all your humans tap for mana, even if it is green-white. Or you could put this in a deck that's human-tribal that's all color, like if you play Morphon as your commander. And then when you yeah. get this, you could tap all your humans. The six put a 1-1 counter on everything is whatever. Like, it's just okay. That's, yeah. like, the average cost for that effect, like five, four, five to six mana. Yeah, I see that a lot. Like, Gavany Township's better, and then, like, we literally reviewed cards um, earlier on that were better. Stand, the, standard, it's pretty good because it's two for a 1-1 one, one mana dork that has pro werewolves, and you can pay right. six to buff your dudes. So that could be good yep. in standard. Pro werewolves, obviously good in this set, so for sure. Uh, the next card is Lisa, Forgotten Archangel. Two white-white-black for a 4-5 legendary creature angel with flying and lifelink. Whenever another non-token creature you control dies... Return that card to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. If a creature an opponent controls to die, exile it instead. Okay. So your stuff dies, you get it in your hand. Their stuff dies, it gets exiled. Uh, that definitely gets around a lot of stuff, which is definitely nice. Uh, two, three, four, five. Not a bad CMC for what it does, I guess. I think um, it's just okay. Yeah, um, it's it's all right. Five for a four five flying lifelink with some sweet upside. Yeah, um, good upside for sure. As a commander, I don't see it being that great, but it no. could be. <laughs> that would get expensive quick if that was a commander. <laughs> but, you know, angel deck, it's not bad. A black-white deck, you usually a flying creature that can shut off their graveyard and get you recur your stuff. It's not bad. Yeah, like those uh, definitely nice effects. You know, obviously it's great for indestructible cards. It could, be, like that. it could be pretty good if you have like an Ashdod altar or something, then a creature that costs like one. Because then you yep. could just like, oh, 
play it, sag it for mana, play it, sag it, and you have infinite cast yeah, triggers. I don't know all if of you would need something mana. else that like drains them when you play a creature, but so you can do some infinite shenanigans, like a four card combo. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's like, you know, if it's like an ETB creature, for example, you know, you can just keep ETBing him for right. something like that. Like, definitely, you know, has some combos with it um, that could be good depending on the deck. Um, kind of a bomb in standard, I, I would guess. So, you know, we'll probably see it as a big creature for that, but. Uh yeah yeah it could it could see some play in certain scenarios. Uh, next up we have uh light up the night, which is red and X. It's a sorcery. Uh, light up the night deals X damage to any target. It deals X plus one damage instead if that target is a creature or planeswalker. Flashback, three red. Remove X loyalty counters from among planeswalkers you control. If you cast the spell this way, X can't be zero. Uh, okay. So basically it's a blaze that deals one extra damage to a creature, a planeswalker, and you're pretty much never going to flash it back because why yeah. would you want to remove a bunch of shit from your planeswalkers? That seems really dumb. <laughs> I was like, I was reading that flashback like, why would you do this? Yeah, so like you're never gonna flash it back. It's basically Blaze. That's literally what this card is. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like it's one just, X it's damage just, one time. You're never gonna flash it back. In Super Friends, maybe, but I don't know why you would. Like why no, would you want I, that? I I can't unless it was see like that. unless it was like you have a you know six planeswalkers out and you're like, I'm gonna remove all my loyalty to shoot someone to death. Well at that point you probably already won the game because you have six planeswalkers out. Exactly. You like, better. You, you can probably do much better things with those resources than just using up their loyalty yeah, to do it's, damage. It's literally just going to be blaze. That's what that yeah. is. And of course, as those cards are, those are whatever. You know, it's just fine. It's you know, you're you get exactly what you pay for. <laughs> All right. So the next card is Ludwig Necrogenius. Blue and a black for a 2-3 legendary human wizard. With when it enters the battlefield or attacks Millicard, and then it has pay X, blue, blue, black, black, exile X creature cards from your graveyard, transform Ludwig. X cannot be zero. Activate this only as a sorcery. And then it flips into a 4-4 with as this creature transforms into Oleg Ludwig's hubris, it becomes a copy of a creature card exile with it, except... Its name is Oleg Ludwig's Huberix. It's a 4-4. It's a legendary blue and black zombie in addition to its other colors and types. And put a number of 1-1 counters on Oleg equal to the number of creature cards exiled with it. Huh. So it's two. It's a 2 for a 2-3. Two, you're going to keep milling yourself. And then you're going to pay at least five, 5 mana to flip it into a 4-4 yeah. four, four copy of something. Or a 5-5 five, five copy of something because it gets a 1-1 one, one counter. Or if you have a shitload of cards in your graveyard, you could pay... But, like, you're going to pay a shit... Like, say you pay 10 mana for this. That's a lot of mana. Yeah, Flip I'm it, just... I'm thinking. And then it's a 10... Uh, a 6... So, a 10-10 ten, ten copy of something? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, trying... Like, there's think, a lot of... There's a lot of, like, um... Uh caveats with this to make it work that I don't know if it's worth it. 
I really don't think it's that good. Because, uh, I mean, like, I think most of the time that you make this playable, you're going to be paying five for its last part. Yeah. And then you're going to have a, a four, lot of four money. Cop, Then you're going to have a five, five copy or something, which is whatever. Five for a five, five is very basic. Yeah, um, so unless the cop card you're copying, copy. it be super good, yeah. <laughs> you better be copying, like, Kakusho or something at that um, point. Like, if you're playing a self-mill <laughs> deck or something, I could see you playing this as just a two for a two, three that mills. And yeah. never flip it. I can see that. Uh, that would be about it, though. Like, I would never want to flip this. this that's yeah, way, it's way too, too much mana. mana yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you somehow create infinite mana with, like, that, what is it, the combo that does that? Yeah, like the, the blue the combo Dead that does it, Dead Eye Navigator yeah. combo, you could make it something extremely outrageous, but, like, is that even worth it at that point? Like, like there's like, so much better things than you <laughs> if the mana combo, like, come like win the game yeah <laughs> this ain't gonna win the game i'm sorry <laughs> yeah because they're just gonna oh sweet you have a 2020 copy of whatever your best creature is okay now, all right doom blade yeah like, well not black dead. but like so it's gonna be like path to exile okay shit. Or, oh yeah that's right yeah <laughs> yeah one one mana for your like <laughs> five thousand that you paid okay <laughs> that was a good trade-off <laughs> yeah this card's just bad yeah, not not great. Um, next up, we have Malevolent Hermit. It is one and a blue uh, for a 2-1 human wizard creature uh, that has pay a blue, sacrifice Malevolent Hermit, counter target non-creature spell, unless it's controller pays three, and then it has disturb, uh, pay two and a blue, which is you may cast this card from your graveyard transformed for its disturbed cost, and its transform side is called Benevolent Geist. It's a 2-2 spirit wizard creature with flying. Non-creature spells you control can't be countered. If Benevolent Geist would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. So I think the flip side of this is pretty good because your non-creature spells can't be countered. It's a 2-2 flyer. Yep. Um, yep. The front side is kind of situational. I mean, in Commander, I guess you could probably just any not the first non creature spell it's played, just sack this to it. Yeah, it's basically like what, what what is that memory lapse or whatever that is? That's they they have to pay three or whatever or the uh, force spike. Or mana whatever. leak, mana leak. Oh, mana leak. Yeah. Yeah. So Which is it's fine. Not, it's a fine yeah. card, but like you you want the backside. It's definitely what you yeah. want. Yeah, the backside is. is it, it might even be better just to play this card in your deck and then pitch it to the graveyard for with some loot effect and then just play the backside yeah like that's probably the better route to go yeah because yeah. to do flyer that all your non-creature spells can't be countered is good that's much better and especially for the cost like that's not a bad cost at all that's right. pretty good but i mean worst case you play two for two one and you just like i said you can you if you hit something with it it's not bad yeah hit some non-creature with it it's good in standard yeah definitely good in standard all right, next card is Mask of Gristlebrand. One black black for a legendary artifact equipment. Equipped creature has flying and lifelink, and whenever a equipped creature dies, you may pay X life or X is its power. If you do draw X cards, the equip cost is three. So it's literally just baby Gristlebrand. <laughs> yeah, you basically turn any creature into Gristlebrand. Kind of. that, 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 seems, that seems pretty nice. I don't um, know if it's worth playing because the equip cost is three. I don't know. Yeah, that, that is a high. It seems cost. playable, but but six mana just to 
I mean, if, uh, I play this. Say I play this a Kusho. I pay six mana. Well, three mana once, three mana to equip it to my Kusho. It gains life link, and then when it dies, I can pay five life, draw five cards, which isn't that great. Yeah, right. I mean, it's good like, for card draw, you, but there's better black card draw. If you have like SFM in the deck, sure. But outside of that, eh, you know, it's that's a lot of mana you have to pay to equip it. It could be good in the dedicated equipment deck if you play the black version, the black, white, red version, the knight's deck. Right. Because then you can pay zero to equip it. And then it's pretty good because flying lifelink draw a bunch of cards is pretty good. Exactly. But unless you have some way to cheap, cheapen that equip cost, I don't see it. Yeah. Way. So you, you need like a Stormforge or something pretty much for, yep. in my opinion, for this to really be worth it. Because if, if you want to play it the same turn, you got to pay six. That's a lot of mana. So. I don't know. Yeah, like if you're paying six for this, your creature has, you want it to be at least a six, six. Yeah, your creature better be big. <laughs> yeah. So. Let's see. Is it my turn? Or I, I yeah, forgot. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up, we have Memory Deluge. Uh, it is two blue, blue for an instant. Uh, that says, look at the top X cards of your library, where X is the amount of mana spent to cast this spell. Put two of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in, in a random order. Flashback, five blue blue. So the first time it's going to be four, to the top four cards, put two of them into your hand, the rest on the bottom. And the next and time we look at seven, you put two in your hand, the rest on the bottom. Right, so that's not bad. Better, it's not bad, but you're you're clearly looking for something specific if you're playing this. It's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like uh, what, what's that like the flashback uh, is, card? Well, yeah, the flashback is dig through time. Yeah, dig through time. Delve. Yeah, but yeah, but you don't have. But I do like that the for, the four for look at four cards pick two is not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, that that's the flashback. I don't. It's like whatever. Yeah, like without like the delve of dig through time, it's very mediocre, for sure. It's decent. Like if you need a budget version of that card, yeah, it's a just, budget. Or version. you just want that effect up, like two more times. Yeah. So, uh, but it's a it's a what it does. It's it's pretty good. So yeah. definitely playable. All right. So the next card is old stick fingers. It's X black green for a legendary creature horror. When you cast the spell, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal X creature cards. Put all creatures revealed this way into your graveyard, then put the rest on the bottom in a random order. Old stick fingers' power and toughness are equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. Alrighty then. So this could be good. Yeah, I mean, this if you have a self mill deck, right? Or a dredge deck or something, you could just pay two, and this is equal to the creature cards already in there. Yeah, I mean, it's, for X, and then you it's have like, like your a five five or a six six. Yeah, it's like your typical horror, you know, card that like. I think it could be a fun commander too, because you could just keep freaking milling yourself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's gonna get bigger every time. Yeah, this seems this seems like, and, and then of course this is great for a black deck because you have creatures near graveyard, and that's usually right. what you want. I think it's I think it's pretty fun as a green black card. For sure. Especially then, in like a dredge type of deck. Yeah, so it's basically like a free entomb or whatever. Yeah, it's free dredging, so you can just mm-hmm. bring stuff back with reanimate or whatever. 
yep. just cheat stuff in, and then he's a big boy in, in himself. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's pretty good with the graveyard deck. It's it's it, this is this is a graveyard deck's dream right here, <laughs> for sure. Uh, next up, uh, we have yet another land. Uh, it's called Overgrown Farmland. It is the green white one, which is. Uh, it comes into play tapped uh, unless you control two or more of the lands and you tap it for green and white. So Another green land. land, just like the other ones. Let's see. Next is Patrician Geist. Two and a blue for a 2-2 spirit knight with flying. Other spirits you control get plus one plus one and spells you cast from your graveyard cost one less to cast. All right. So a spirit deck, this would be good for sure. Good in a spirit deck. It's also good if you have a flashback deck because it costs one less yep. to cast on your graveyard. Which they're in the, just in this set. There's been a lot of flashback I mean, cards. Worst and, case, it's three for a two-two flyer. That's not bad either. Yep, not bad at all. That's very, very. Card. That's it's very doable. Card. Very solid, and it's you know very good in mono blue. Very good in really anything that has to deal with the graveyard or spirits. So definitely a lot of potential. Uh, next up, uh, we have an old favorite. This is, uh, if anyone ever has played Magic, you'll know this card. Uh, it's called Pything Needle. Uh, it costs one. It's an artifact. As Pything Needle enters the battlefield, choose a card name. Activated abilities of sources with a chosen name can't be activated unless they're in mana abilities. Obviously, this is a legacy card. <laughs> well, it's a sideboard for modern. sideboard card, standard. yeah. It's the stand. It's like one of the best cyborg cards for any format. Yeah, like just, literally just shut, shut. You could shut off a planeswalker. You could shut off some some ability off that's hurting you. Yeah. So obviously, this is this is a reprint of a very good card. So obviously, we will see it. <laughs> There's no question there. All right. The next card is Reckless Stormseeker. It's two and a red for a two three. Human Werewolf, with the beginning of combat on your turn, target creature you control gets plus one, plus zero, and haste until end of turn. That's the day side. And then the night side is it's a 3-4 Werewolf, with the beginning of combat on your turn, target creature you control gets plus two, plus zero, trample, and haste until end of turn. All right. So you can... Okay, so it's every turn you can tr- you can assign it to something. Yeah, I think it's good. Every turn you're giving, you're giving whatever you played this turn plus one plus one haste. At yeah. the worst, at the best, it's getting plus two plus one trample haste. That's it, it, I think it's it, good. It, you know, the red, night times, the nighttime side especially is very good. Yeah, I think it's very good in like a red aggro deck. Very very yeah. good. And it's three four two three or three four three four. So those right, are good and stats. The turn you play it, you could choose itself. Yep. Yeah, you can. So you get three for three three that turn that attacks right yeah. with haste. It's pretty yep. good. That that's pretty that's pretty awesome. That's 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 funny that you can target itself. That's pretty great. All right, next up we have Rem Carlos or let me try that again. Rem Carlos Stalwart Slayer. Wow, that is a hard name to say. <laughs> it's a uh, for sure. <laughs> it sure is. It is one red-white for a 2-3 human knight legendary creature with flying in haste. If a spell would deal damage to you or another permanent you control, prevent that damage. If a spell would deal damage to an opponent or a permanent an opponent controls, it deals that much damage plus one instead. So this so, is solid yeah. good card. I think this is like a baby Gisela. 
yeah good. yeah very very playable for sure especially in command or in a, a standard and i don't know I if i would it. play it as a commander at all but yeah i can maybe see it in a red white deck in a deck for sure uh yeah commander it's pretty weak but it definitely playable just as a normal card all right so the next card is right of harmony it's a white and a green for whenever a creature or enchantment enters the battlefield in your control this turn draw a card Flash, it's an instant, and flashback for two white green. So this is Glimpse, but for one extra mana, it costs white, yep. and it also triggers on enchantments, and then you could flash it back for four mana. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see this being played a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think this can be busted in an Enchantress deck, or an Elf deck, or even a Token deck, because it's just creature enters the battlefield. So you could yeah. put tokens into play and draw a boatload of cards. Yeah, because like we know how bonkers glimpse can get in an elf like, deck. This, is, just becomes this seems really busted in your wrist deck because you're just going to uh-huh. be like, oh, create a bunch of elves, draw a card, draw a card, draw a card, draw a card. Yeah, you, you're drawing like like this is going to replace some of my other card draw probably because this is literally it just triggers as a trigger ability. Because I yeah. think the cards the cards that I have I have to pay I think to draw, and this yeah. is it just happens. Yeah, so you're just going <laughs> to have one explosive turn. Yeah, which definitely seems good for sure. Uh, lots of potential there. Uh, next up, we have the red-green uh, dual land, which uh, is called Rockfall Vale, and it adds red and green, and just like the other ones, um, it comes into play tapped unless you control two or more other lands. Yep, solid dual land. Yep. All right, so the next card is Seraph the Viper's Fang. Two green green for a three four legendary creature human warlock. And it says other tapped creatures you control have death touch, other untapped creatures you control have hexproof, and pay one and tap it to untap another target creature or land you control. Okay, that's an interesting play on like the uh creature positions on the field. Yeah, I wonder if there's a way you could build a deck where you're just constantly changing the position of your creatures. That'd be kind of cool. There's gotta be a way. Otherwise, I think it's very good in Death Touch Tribal or yep. in the Finn deck, Finn the Fangbear deck, because it gives all of your stuff Death Touch when it attacks, and then Finn, when they deal damage, will do poison counters. So Right, That's which is very good. good. And then it's nice that if they're um, untapped, they have Hexproof, so they can't blow them up. Right. So like if you have, like, if you have creatures with Vigilance, that's very good, because you literally can't target them then. <laughs> right, but then you don't get the Death Touch either. You don't get the Death Touch. But yeah, it also is very good if in the if you have a green black deck and that like the death death thing guy that whenever a death touch creature attacks they lose life you gain life right yeah because all their stuff about death touch you just swing a bunch of things and they lose a bunch of life you gain a bunch of life yeah but that's like the deathless tribal deck so definitely good uh, and especially if you have creatures with trample you know how the death touch trample you know combo is it's disgusting <laughs> so you can have like you know something with trample and you have this and play with it and you're you're just you're set you just kill everything yep uh next up uh we have the blue black dual land called shipwreck marsh that uh adds a blue or a black and it enters the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more of the lands so another solid another land solid, another solid dual land <laughs> Our next card is Sigarda's Splendor. Two white, white enchantment. 
As it enters the battlefield, note your life total. At the beginning of your upkeep, draw a card. If your life total is greater than or equal to the last noted life total, then note your life total again. Whenever you cast a white spell, you gain one life. Interesting. Okay. So this just sounds like a lot of freaking note taking because yeah. you're gonna need like a pen and paper. And anytime you're you play this, you got to note your life, and then and your upkeep, you get to draw another card if you gained more life. So yeah. in a life gain deck like or Laurel, this is probably pretty good because you can draw a card every turn. But it's gonna be really yeah. freaking annoying because you got to keep writing down your life total. It is a lot of note taking. <laughs> so. I think it's just so annoying. I won't play it, but it's pretty good if if you need if you play a life gain deck and need card draw. Yeah, it's fine in a life gain deck, but that's that's it. <laughs> and I don't want to have to keep track of if I gain life or not every turn because that's annoying. Right, and, uh, and you, just have, you just have to note it when you gain life each when you trigger this effect each time because like it's so it's just annoying. So it's gonna be once a turn you have to note it, but it's still like okay. <laughs> So, yeah, it's 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 okay, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm probably not going to play it though. Uh, next up, we have Siphon Insight, which is blue black for an instant that says, "Look at the top two cards of target opponent's library. Exile one of them face down and put the other on the bottom of that library. You may look at and play the exile card for as long as it remains exiled." and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast that spell. And then it has flashback, one blue-black. So another little steal a card and play it if you want, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a solid card. It's not the best, it's not the worst. It's a solid card. Yeah. Like you it's... could whiff on it, hit two lands, and then it's horrible. Yeah, then you cry. You could hit something good, <laughs> and then it's good. So it's, yeah, you, it's okay. You, you find like their like win con or something. Maybe. If you like that effect, it's good. Yeah. All right, next card is Slaughter Specialist. One and a black for a 3-3 three, three Vampire Warrior. When it enters the battlefield, each opponent creates a 1-1 one, one white human creature token. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, put a plus swing counter on it. Two for a 3-3 three, three is nice for sure. And then so you're creating tokens. Yeah, two for a 3-3, three, three, but you're giving tokens to your opponent. Or, oh, it's opponent. Sorry. So okay. you're you're two because it's a three three for two. You're giving tokens to your opponents, but then every time something of theirs dies, this gets bigger. Right. So this can so, get out of hand, especially if you like play this, this and then give everything minus one minus one. This can get out of hand extremely fast, <laughs> for sure. I think it's decent if you have a way that their tokens don't matter. So yeah. Which and, uh, and they're only one ones. They won't matter that much anyway. I don't think. And, and and it also is fodder for this to get bigger too. So in a way, it is a good thing, right? Um, but it's it very good early game card for sure. Like aggro card. Um, yeah, late game this is gonna be terrible. Late game, it it doesn't do shit. But <laughs> but this can definitely snowball. Uh, next up, we have Slogurk the Overslime, who is, uh, which costs one green-blue for a 3-3 legendary ooze creature with Trample. And whenever a land card is put into your graveyard from anywhere, put a plus-one, plus-one counter on Slugurk the Overslime. Remove three plus-one, plus-one counters from him. Return it to its owner's hand. 
when Slugger leaves the battlefield, return up to three target land cards from your graveyard to your hand. Okay, so this is kind of this could be good for with like a landfall deck or something like that. Yep, as another blue green land matters deck, it's yep. good. You're playing all the decks that you play that already. Civic land stuff. Yeah, definitely uh, land utility card for sure. Um, very good and that kind of deck. Next card is Sludge Monster. Three for a, a three blue blue. So three and two blues for a five five horror. When Sludge Monster Sludge Monster enters the battlefield or attacks, put a slime counter on up to one other target creature. Non horror creatures with slime counters on them lose all abilities and have base power and toughness two two. All right, so this is how you deal with commanders. <laughs> yeah, this seems pretty good. It seems like a mini. Uh, it feels like a frost titan almost. Yeah, because uh, when you attack or um, at ETB, you get to make something a two-two no abilities, which is better almost than tapping you down. Yeah, I mean, it definitely can be. I think it's good. I think it's going to yeah. be like the blue, similar to like the blue titan. It's pretty good. It's yeah, it, it, it is kind of five yeah, for five. Five is good already. So because the titans are what six, if I remember right. Yep. Yeah, so definitely good. Uh, very good card. Uh, next up, we have Smoldering Egg, which is one red for a zero four Dragon Egg creature that has with, uh, with Defender. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, put a number of Ember counters on Smoldering Egg equal to the amount of mana spent to cast that spell. Then, if Smoldering Egg has seven or more Ember counters on it, remove them and transform Smoldering Egg. And it transforms into Ashmouth Dragon, which is a 4-4 dragon creature with flying. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, Ashmouth Dragon deals 2 damage to any target. So, to me, this is like the new thing in the ice for blue-red spells decks. Yeah, pretty much. And then when it transforms, you have a 4-4 flying gutter snipe. Yep. (laughs) So I think it's good good for standard. I don't know. If you have like a gutter snipe deck, you might play it. Yeah, it would be good in that uh, specific deck spell, archetype. Yep, spells yeah. matters decks. Yeah. Outside of that, it's not great. <laughs> All right, the next card is Storm the Festival. Three and th- green, green, green. So three greens, so six mana. Uh, sorcery. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may put up to two permanent cards with mana value five or less from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order, and it has flashback for seven green, 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 which is ten. Holy mana. crap, that's so much mana. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is good just because, like, I would rather play, uh, you know, Tooth Wave. and Nail or Genesis Wave or yeah. something versus Wave having to get two things that cost five or less. Like, if you're going to put this in the deck, you're going to want, you know, 75% of your deck to cost five or less. And in which yeah, case, this... it's six for two of them, even that good. This might be good in standard, but outside of that, uh, I I'm not playing this card. Yeah, <laughs> I'd much good. rather play Genesis Wave or, or Tooth and Nail or something else like that for sure. Um, it's just too easy to whiff, and with that much mana, that's just not good. <laughs> then you cry a lot. Uh, next up we have Sun Gold Sentinel, which is one white for a three-two human soldier creature. 
with whenever Sungold Sentinel enters the battlefield or attacks, exile up to one target card from a graveyard. And then it has Coven with one white that you have to pay. Choose a color. Sun Gold Sentinel gains Hexproof from that color until end of turn and can't be blocked by creatures of that color this turn. Activate only if you control three or more creatures with different powers. It's good in White Weenie. Yep, White Weenie card. That's pretty much what this is made for. <laughs> uh, next card is Suspicious Stowaway. One in a blue 1-1. One, one. Human Rogue Werewolf. Suspicious Stowaway can't be blocked. Whenever Suspicious Stowaway deals combat damage to a player, draw a card, then discard a card. That's his day side. It's night side. Is a green seafaring werewolf uh, that can't be blocked. And when it deals combat damage to a player, you draw a card. It's a 2-1. Not bad. Nice. It's a, it's a solid nice card. Uh, unblockable draw guy. Yeah. It's just yeah, it, it draws you cards and it's it can't be blocked. So that's yeah, that's pretty nice. It's it's kind of like the new thieving magpie <laughs> from like Basically, way yeah. back when. Uh, so yeah, definitely a, a nice like uh, a nice early game. You know, kind of getting the game going for you. Yeah, you I think it's pretty it. good in a rogue deck too. So definitely. Uh, next up, we have the so. The Celestus, which is costs three colorless. It's a legendary artifact. If it's neither day or night, it becomes day as the Coloss or the as sorry, the Celestus enters the battlefield. Tap to add one mana of any color, and then three and tap it. If it's night, it becomes day. Otherwise it becomes night. Activate only as a sorcery. Whenever day becomes night or night becomes day, you gain one life. You may draw a card if you do discard a card. So this is your making the day or night be what you want here. Pretty yeah, much. so I think this is only good if you're playing a deck that revolves around day and night. Otherwise, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah, that's the only thing you're using this for, for sure. All right, the next card is Tolvalar, Dire Overlord. One red-green. Legendary creature, 3-3, three, three, human werewolf. Whenever a wolf or werewolf you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more wolves or werewolves, it becomes night, then transform any number of human werewolves you control. That's the day side. Then the night side is the 4-4. Four, four. Whenever a wolf or werewolf you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. And pay X... Red, green, target wolf or werewolf you control. It's plus X, plus zero, and trample until end of turn. Uh, that is not bad as far as the... That, that's kind of like... I think it's a super spell good. that does that, right? I can't remember, but yeah. That, I don't know. It's super good in the, if you want werewolf tribal. Like, yep. wolf, it's werewolf, a, tribal. You're literally just going to flip, flip them all, and then you're, every time anything you control deals damage to something, you're going to draw a card. That's good. Yep. That seems very good. And then the buffing on the night side is awesome and gaining shit. Yeah, that's, there's is, a land that does that. Yeah, it's like that yeah, land. Yeah, it's very, that's very good. Um, having that in a creature is awesome. Um, great tribal card for sure. Outside of that, it's whatever. <laughs> but yeah, very good. And it's in that uh, specific uh, environment for sure. 
Uh, next up, we have Tovlar's Huntsmaster. It is a four green green for a six six human werewolf creature. When Tovlar's Huntmaster enters the battlefield, create two green green or sorry, create two 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 green wolf creature tokens. Uh, that's his day side. And then his nightbound side is Tovlar's pack leader, which is a 7-7 werewolf creature. When Tovlar's pack leader enters the battlefield or attacks, create two 2-2 green wolf creature tokens. And then it has two green green, or pay two green green. Another target wolf or werewolf you control fights target creature you don't control. Uh, this is a pretty good card. And uh, again, a tribal deck like that. Yeah, it's definitely going to go in the Tovlar deck because it's his hunt master. Yep. Um, also, if you just need to make a boatload of wolf tokens for some reason, that's a decent card. Yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely going to go in the tribal deck. Yeah, it's definitely a little pricey though, as far as like token decks go. But great. I mean, for... it's still six for a six six and two two twos. Like, yeah, I that's mean, like it's, six, it's, that's six for ten power split up. It's good for what you're getting for sure, but it is a lot. Uh, but great for de- definitely good for the tribal. Like it's very good if it's that. nighttime when you play it. Oh yeah, that is an awesome nighttime card. That uh, provoke ability is very nice. All right, the next card is Triskaidekaphile. Pay one. Or, it's a one and blue. So one and blue. So two mana total for a one-three human wizard. You have no maximum hand size. The beginning of your upkeep, if you have exactly 13 cards in your hand, you win the game, and it has pay four draw a guard. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, Is it good? Uh, Probably not, but it's... It's yeah. not bad, though, because four draw a card no. isn't that bad in blue. Four draw a card's not bad. But it's... You're probably not going to win with the win clause, but two to not have a max size, too, is not bad. Yeah, it's it's basically two to have a like uh, a spell book and also two draw cards, which isn't bad. Uh, you're probably not gonna win with it though. <laughs> yeah, you're probably not gonna win. You could, but you're probably not. You gonna. could, yeah. Uh, un- unlikely for sure. Uh, next up, we have unnatural growth, which is one and four greens, so five total CMC for an enchantment at the beginning of each combat, double the power and toughness of each creature you control until end of turn. Uh, this is a green dream right here. <laughs> yeah. This card is busted and limited. So everything's yeah, doubled sure. by combat. If for some reason you have this in a deck and you have like a creature that's stronger than a two, two out, it's going to be really significant because your three, three is a six, six. Yeah. You know, your four, four is an eight, eight. It's Your five fives are ten ten. Like it's absurd if you get to three or higher power creature out. With this. Yeah, it, th- this this is a win con, and it's each combat. So it's like on your turn and your opponent's turn, it's doubled. So it's basically yeah. when you're in combat, they're doubled, and then when you're not, they can kill it off at minus or something. But, right, but as long as you're in combat, you're you're pretty much winning this game. <laughs> yeah, it is a good card. Um, it's hard to play outside of just green decks though, because it costs four green. Yeah, it's a lot of green mana for sure. Uh, great for like commander too, I'd say. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Uh, next card is Vadric Astral Archmage. Uh, one, a blue and a red for a one-two legendary creature human wizard. If it's neither day nor night, it becomes day when 
the Archmage enters the battlefield. And then instant and sorcery spells you cast cost X less to cast, where X is his power. And whenever day becomes night or night becomes day, put a puzzle swing on it. All right. So I think it's solid in a spells Not, matter deck. Um, yeah, it's a spells that, matter. That old sure. is it deck that gave you count, uh, experience counters. This would be fine as like a in the ninety nine of that probably. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, eh. <laughs> not much going on here. But yeah, good for spells. Uh, next up, we have what's called Vanquish the Horde. It is six white, white for a sorcery. This spell costs one less to cast for each creature on the battlefield. Destroy all creatures. Um, Not bad if there's a lot of creatures in play and you don't want them in play. Yeah, anymore. I think it's pretty easy to have at least four creatures out in Commander. Oh, for sure. And then that would be like the worst case scenario. So if, if there's four creatures out, this is a Wrath of God. Yeah. Or I think judgment. this is... But if, this if is, there's six creatures out, this costs two mana. This yeah, is really good against tokens, too. Very if someone good plays Avengers Undercover, you're like, okay, board wipe for two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it is uh, uh, a very... Um, um, Solid board uh, wipe. Yeah, like it, it's easy. I'd say this is easier to do than Marshall Cool. Oh, definitely, definitely easier. Like, this is this is a pretty solid card. Like this is probably the one that I put in behind Wrath of God and Day of Judgment. Yeah, definitely. So, like, this is probably like the third best one, unless I'm missing one. But this is pretty good. I'd put this in a white, especially a mono white deck. If it's not mono white, there might be some other ones that are better. But yeah, it's, it's white deck up is there. This is it's a, a good. It's a good board wipe. In pretty much most scenarios, this is a, a very cheap board wipe, which is what we like to see. <laughs> yeah, in the scenario where you can't cast it, it's you know it's basically like, well, you probably don't want to cast it because there's no nothing in play. Exactly. <laughs> All right, next card is Wake to Slaughter. It's three black red. Choose up to two creature cards in your graveyard. An opponent chooses one of them, return the card they chose to your hand, and return the other card to the battlefield of your control, gains haste, and exile at the end step. It has flashback for six. Okay, so this is kind of like another factor fiction kind of card here. Well, I think so. it's good because you get one creature in your hand and one into play. So you're going to choose two, your best two creatures, obviously, in your graveyard. Obviously. And then yeah. they're going to have to pick which one they want only around for one turn. Because yeah. the other one is going to stick around because it's going to be in your hand. Uh, it costs a lot, though, I will say. It does it's, cost a lot of mana, so I don't know if you're going to be playing it that often. Unless you're playing like a a loot deck or a madness-type deck, it might be pretty good. Like the, the Angie deck where you're just pitching stuff constantly. Then you can right. maybe cast this and just get two big, really big things back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it's it's okay. I, I yeah, don't know. It's an okay card. It does cost a lot of mana. Yeah, you, you got to have a lot of mana to play. I right? just like the returning cards to battlefield part of it. Yeah, that's, that's my always play style. That is that is your <laughs> your your thing for sure. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next up, we have Willow Geist. Uh, it is one green for a one one. Tree folk spirit creature with trample. 
Whenever one or more cards leave your gra- uh, whenever one or more cards leave your graveyard, put a plus one plus one counter on Willowgeist. When Willowgeist dies, you gain life equal to its power. Uh, okay, so this is like if you're bringing stuff out of your graveyard, it gets bigger. Yeah, so I think this is this is a pretty good uh, one drop for green. I think it's better in decks that are more than just mono green because yeah, this, if you're, this is if you're like black, if you're like yeah black and you bring something back, you can you know put a plus one counter on it, or you can you know exile cards from your graveyard and then get a plus one counter on it. Or if you're playing white and you play like rest in peace or something, are those yeah. no? I don't know because then I don't think they leave, do they? Well, everything that's in the graveyard currently they do, but anything yeah, they else. Do. So the the initial exile will hit everything, right? So but I don't think anything after out. that would. Mm-hmm. No, but it's still a solid because at the worst, it's a one one with trample that you gain only from it dies for one mana. Yep, like it's not that bad. <laughs> not bad at all. I'd play it. I'd play the yeah, card. It's definitely playable for sure. And uh, I think that's all the rares. I think we finally got through oh, them all. Yeah, we made it. That, um, that was the last one. One other thing to note, um, Delver was reprinted in the set. So if you guys need Delver, now is the time to pick them up. Yeah, that'd be nice and cheap. reprinted as Uncommon. <laughs> yes, nice and cheap. There's also a few other decent Uncommons that uh, if you play tribal decks, you might want to pick up, but they'll be really cheap too. Um, thank you guys for listening today. Um, James, where can they find you? Uh, I am uh, the Puma Man, which is uh, spelt in Leet, so the E's are threes and the A's are fours, and I am on Twitter, and I am on uh, Twitch under that handle. All right, and uh, we just launched our Patreon, so if you want to support the content of this podcast and help us build more content... Uh, go and check us out on the Patreon. You can go. We have different tier levels. We have you know a dollar, five dollars, twenty dollars, thirty five dollars, and you got some give you merch. They all give you uh, access to our Discord as a special Patreon role, so you can uh, chat with us. They can give you ad free episodes and a bunch of other cool stuff. Um, we also have a Discord that is live for all things Magic. It's free to join, but again, if you're a Patreon, you get that Patreon role, so you like priority chat with us, and you can ask us questions and stuff more often. Uh, like basically we'll talk to you first before we go into the general chat. Um, and then that's, so that's at Patreon slash MTG place. And then the discord is the MTG place discord. It'll be in the show notes. And we also, I have a website up, which is mtgplace.wixsite.com, uh, which is kind of in beta right now, but it's a website that is up. You can check it out. Um, thanks for listening. Um, all that stuff will be in the show notes and, Again, thanks for listening, and comment your favorite card from this set. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good night.